Hello, and welcome to Security Leaders, the Canadian security magazine podcast, where we interview security managers, chiefs, specialists, and professionals from across the security spectrum. My name is Neil Sutton, editor of Canadian Security Magazine, and you've tuned in to our premiere episode. The goal of this podcast is to meet some of the leaders and difference makers in security, get to know them a little better, and ask them to share best practices with our listeners. My first guest is no stranger to Canadian security. Sylvia Fraser is the head of security for the city of Mississauga. In 2018, she was recognized by Canadian Security Magazine with two awards, the Security Director of the Year and the Community Leader of the Year. I sat down with Sylvia recently to learn more about her career, and I asked her to share some thoughts and advice with us. Hi, I'm Neil Sutton, editor of Canadian Security Magazine. Welcome to the first installment of CS Leaders. This is our new podcast, and hopefully the first of many more to come. I'm joined today by Sylvia Fraser, who's the head of security for the city of Mississauga. Sylvia will be familiar to many of our listeners. Uh, Sylvia was our security director of the year for 2018 and also received our first community leader award. I've personally known Sylvia for about 10 years and she's always been a a very uh, strong supporter of our magazine. I thought Sylvia would be the ideal guest to kick off our new podcast series, so I'm happy to introduce today Sylvia. Well, Neil, thank you very much for inviting me and uh, being the first guest on your new podcast. I, I really, really appreciate it, and I'm happy that you're uh, you're taking this on. Maybe, Sylvia, just tell us a bit about your background and how you got into security, please. We, we've all entered the field in, in one way or another, uh, and I always said it's not how you got into security, it's what made you stay here and why we're still, we're still here, uh, which is what I want to uh, really talk about. So going back just about 20 odd years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, was, uh, I was new to Canada, as you know, I'm, I'm uh, from Romania. I came here when I was uh, very young, I was 21. And, um, and I really uh, hadn't had a, a chance to really think about what I wanted to do when I grew up. Um, I was uh, heavily in mathematics and, and wanted to become a teacher uh, back home. And, and coming to Canada was a little bit different. Um, I didn't speak the language and uh, it was, uh, was a difficult time for me to transition and, and trying to really figure out as a new immigrant um, uh, what, what would my future be. Um, and, and I held various jobs. I was a cleaner. I was a superintendent uh, for a little bit and in my early days. And that's how this idea of, of me getting into law enforcement came about. Um, was uh, there was uh, one day I had to call the police for uh, there was a, a, a person who was uh, bothering uh, kids on the street. And sure enough, the cruiser pulled up and two female officers came out of, of the cruiser and they took care of the situation and and I was really it, it was a flash in my brain about oh my god this is so cool I want to do that too uh, and that's really what sparked um, my my entire career and so uh, I, I had a dream at the time I thought you know what I will I will get uh, you know, I'll become a police officer, and, and uh, I put a lot of effort into learning the language and being able to communicate and articulate and so forth. And part of that path was to, um, I was also very interested in psychology, so I went to Ryerson University and I took psychology there. And I started to do a lot of research, uh, one of which was about why do women want to become law enforcement officers. Um, and uh, and as, I, as I started to create my path towards becoming pol- a police officer, it was a natural progression for me to get into security. Um, so I went to college as well. I did my law enforcement uh, and security diploma. And, uh, and I started to learn more about security as part of that. I went to and applied to 
Toronto Police and I failed. Uh, and, and as I was uh, still uh, trying to uh, better myself in terms of my language and, and skills and so forth, um, I, uh, I, w I wanted to explore further and I got into risk management. I started to learn, uh, by, that, by that time I was working for City of Toronto after a number of security guard positions at, at private companies, contract companies, I ended up uh, working for City of Toronto. And I had the utmost opportunity to really be able to uh, explore um, this area of either security project management, risk management, doing risk assessments, and really designing new security measures for facilities, for buildings, for cities, and, and I was fascinated by it. So while I was still, you know, dreaming and wanting to become a police officer, I, 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 as I, I started to learn more about uh, security and so forth, um, and after I had failed once to Toronto Police, um, I wanted to uh, apply again, so I did. I, back then there were no computers and I did my my written application form um, and uh, put it in an envelope and I stared at it and stared at it and I decided that I didn't want to become a police officer. I actually still have the envelope uh, sealed. I kept it because it was, for me, um, it was a, um, a, a, a it was a fork in the road, and mm -hmm. it was a decision point uh, that I am very happy that I had made at the time, and it was the moment that I decided I didn't want to be in police. I wanted to continue the path that I had gone through. I wanted to be uh, the the person who would um, prevent things from happening uh, in our facilities, our buildings, and so forth. Um, and that's the path that I chose, and it really changed my career path, and I never looked back, um, and it's been amazing. That's how I, I got in security. I tell the story to a lot of my mentees, um, that uh, young professionals, uh, you know, we, we all get into in different, in different uh, ways into security, and, and again, I, I know that being a security officer, being in security is not a career path that when you're in high school, you'll be like, yes, yeah, sure, that's what I want to do. But somehow we find ourselves in, in this and, and, it, and it's, it's what drives me to, towards professionalizing the industry because I think there's more to this. We should have young professionals wanting to be in security. We should, so I, I speak a lot to, to youth. I, I talk a lot at, at different colleges about that. Uh, it is an amazing career. Um, and uh, I'm a testament of it. I swear by it. I'm very passionate, as you know. I'm very mm -hmm. outspoken about about this. Um, and uh, and yes, that's uh, that's been my story in a nutshell. There's a lot more stories along the way. And like I said, just to circle back is is not what got me into it. What what kept me here? Um, you know, I've had an, an extensive career. Um, and uh, I will continue to, to, to be in security for probably a very long time and it's something I'm very passionate about and I've been involved in many different facets of security just a lot like if I look around a lot of my colleagues and, and uh, uh, that I've known for like 20 years and, and obviously we're, we're here together and which is what I really like about our industry. Right. So you started sort of frontline supervisor and then all the way through the ranks, is that pretty much, was that your path? Pretty much, uh, I, I held various security officer positions at, at the beginning and yeah. then uh, I moved up, I became a supervisor. First I was a supervisor of, uh, 
uh, uh, social services at the City of Toronto. I held a team of uh, over 20 staff. Uh, then I moved into systems. I was, I was managing the, the systems side of things, the program management office. Um, then I took over Union Station. So yeah, there's been a, a, pro a steady progression, I would say, uh, up and up and up in, in, different, in different positions. I think the first time you were featured in the magazine was when you were on Union Station. It was. It a little was. more than 10 years ago, probably. <laughs> My goodness. Yes, Okay. That is true. So you built a career in security, and then uh, I guess a few years ago, you stepped into a, a different role at the City of Toronto. Can you tell us a, a, a little bit about that and how that sort of informed your experience as you were growing uh, in your career? Uh, yes, I, uh, I, was, I became a manager of uh, security infrastructure for the City of Toronto, working for Dwayne Nickel, um, who's the head of security there, um, who's been my mentor for many, many years. And, um, and I had an opportunity to take a leadership position as the manager of Tower and Neighborhood Revitalization, um, an amazing, amazing initiative, also known as Tower Renewal, and looking at <coughs> the quality of life of over half a million people in Toronto living in concrete apartment buildings throughout Toronto. Um, it exposed me to a lot of knowledge uh, in terms of city planning, how the city is designed, um, issues as, such as affordable housing, immigration, uh, community safety, and um, and I led that team for uh, just about uh, two years before I moved into uh, becoming uh, the program manager for citywide real estate, still with the City of Toronto. Those are amazing opportunities. I learned so, so much from, from those. Um, and an interesting thing that happened, and as you know, a couple of years ago, I spoke at Diaz's Best Practices as the keynote. Yep. And, I, and I was, at the time, in real estate. I had left security. And the moment I left, I kind of looked back at security and I thought, oh my God, I wish I knew this when I was in security and I was dying to let people know. Um, and those, those learnings were, uh, were very much around, com around communication, around the way we articulate value, for example. Um, I learned how we can do a lot better. Uh, and which was the, uh, what pro prompted me to, to develop the, a new framework on, in terms of uh, demonstrating value for, for security for, for any program. And uh, as you, you invited me to be part of the webinar on to demonstrating value. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and it really it's about knowing who your, um, who your customers are, uh, who your uh, stakeholders are, um, how are you actually, who, who is, interested in knowing what about your program and being very precise and intentional about what it is that you provide. And, uh, and I'm a vad uh, an avid speaker, speaker about that uh, because I think it's really the fundamental success in, of course, doing a good job, but also being able to articulate what it is that you do. So I learned a, a lot about communication. Um, I learned a lot about how we can do a lot better um, in that, but also um, in the way we, for example, brand ourselves. Uh, we're very, very humble in, as, a, as an industry. That's one of the things that really strikes me as I look back at security. Uh, various departments, we all do great work. Uh, every piece of the puzzle of any business obviously serves a purpose within that. But one of the things that I noticed was that even though these dif different departments, they were doing great work, but they were recognized a lot more. 
um, you know, so it's like if I lift this piece of paper, it's like, oh my God, that's a great job. And here we are like saving lives and like we're not talking about this. So somehow we see, um, you know, this humbleness in the security industry. We need to get over it. I mean, we really need to toot our own horns a little bit more, not just with ourselves. It's great how we talk to, e to ourselves, but we need to reach out within either our organizations or whatever our organizations are part of to reach out to those, um, those key stakeholders to let them know about it. So it's great that we talk with each other, that's, that's wonderful. But we need to, I wanna talk to people who are going to make decisions or the ones who I'm going to provide a service for. So I started to actually be a lot more involved within the, uh, the, the city of Toronto when I was there, but now with the city of Mississauga in the different departments to also understand the, the business or the organization better and to be able to, to align myself as the head of a department with uh, you know, those, those strategies and, and business lines and so forth. Um, another key area I think that, uh, that we've, we can all learn from as well is how do we articulate ourselves in terms of our job descriptions, just as simple as a job description. Um, and I talk a lot with the young professionals about that and, uh, you know, really uh, the, the resume, it starts with the resume, but we as leaders, when we post positions out there and, and the level um, that we articulate those functions. What, what I realize is that they're not matching similar positions at a, an equal level. Uh, we just don't have that language. So I encourage everyone, and I talk about this all the time, not that we're not all doing it. There, I've seen some great, uh, great strides, but really working with our HR departments, really working with the leadership to really recognize and elevate the level of professionalism that we actually do. So, uh, so to summarize, you know, the, the learnings that I got from my experiences being out is really focusing on communications and, and really on branding the language and, of course, aligning ourselves with um, our, our stakeholders or who we provide business to and being able to, to brag a bit about it. Uh, we really have to stand up and say, hey, we're good too, um, you know, we're, we're kind of like the, you know, the little child that's kind of like shy. Um, that's, that's what I've, I've realized and, uh, and it really uh, pushed me to be a lot more vocal and outspoken about our industry and, and I said it many times, that's my, I'm on a mission to professionalize the industry and, and uh, in, in many ways and in talking about this or um, sharing my experiences or uh, the learnings that I've, um, I've gathered from the different uh, experiences that I've had in my career. You stepped outside of security, you maybe got some experience in other departments. Um, it seems to me as somebody who's sort of an, uh, an active observer of, of this industry is it has evolved over time and you do have outside influences coming in and sort of uh, affecting the way security is perceived and practiced and then vice versa you've got security being a bit more outward reaching and connecting with other departments with, within an organization. Have you sort of seen that over your career where security has become a little more open in some, some ways? There's, uh, there's been a lot of growth uh, overall, I think from many perspectives. Um, technology being one of them, the, the most, uh, you know, the, the one that you can see. Uh, but also um, there's been a lot of growth of organizations building their security programs. So, um, you know, as I look at in my area as far as municipal security, 
there are cities that are now starting security departments, whereas they didn't have one before. Mm -hmm. um, and that's great to see. There's been uh, also a steady increase uh, and elevation of that, which I mentioned just a few minutes ago, in the position. So you see a lot more chief security officer positions being posted. Um, uh, there is there's a lot more. Of course, the cybersecurity is a, is a, has grown um, to, to just just immensely in terms of uh, um, how they're able to to articulate that. And I, in, you know, just to make a comparison in terms of just does job positions and job levels. You know, if you have a security analyst in cybersecurity versus security analyst in physical security, there is a huge difference. Um, and it's one of the things that I always point out as well. Has there been a growth? Absolutely. Um, you can you can sense it, you can feel it, you can hear it. You can you you, you know as you know I'm very involved in the industry. Um, there's a lot of leadership growth, and also um, there's been a lot of trends towards um, the conversion that um, that you know we've been talking about, and then we stopped talking about it, and I'm talking about it again. Um, you know, between cyber and, and physical and, and so forth. And I think it's a natural progression. It's an organic growth that, that we're seeing right now. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been an amazing, and which is why I think us as, a, as an industry, we are so uh, strong and we have such more opportunities to even be more aware of the things that we can do uh, better, uh, the things that we can, uh, um, we can really excel at. Uh, as professionals. Um, and the other big reason I wanted you to be our first guest on uh, our inaugural podcast as we, we're launching it uh, very, very soon, um, is that we're hoping to launch a second podcast, probably not long after this first one, uh, that's going to focus on women in security and all the issues that come with that. We're talking about transition in security and how the industry is changing. One way it's changing is it's become maybe more welcoming to women, getting more, getting more women interested in this profession. But Sylvia is going to be our host of our new Women in Security podcast. So it'd be a great opportunity if you could just talk a little bit about that and maybe your plans for the podcast as well. Uh, and I'm honored, uh, Neil. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm so honored to, to be the, the host of, uh, of the, the podcast series. Um, I have a few goals, and uh, you and I chatted about this uh, a little bit. Uh, I would really like for us to, to inspire uh, more women to enter the security um, industry. I think there is an amazing opportunity. We, you know, the, the, the questions that we've had earlier um, is just an example of, of some of the things that we can do uh, more, and I think inciting um, that. Uh, for uh, for new for women to to enter and young professionals to enter the industry, I think it would be uh, wonderful. And also to highlight the uh, the the great stories that are out there. We have wonderful wonderful uh, leaders. I think there's a lot of learning and a lot of uh, growth that we can gather from the stories and and what has worked and what hasn't. Um, you know, there there's always those. There are always those stories that I think I would, I would be very uh, excited to hear and to engage with uh, uh, with the industry on uh, as part of this series. Excellent. What what are the as, as a security leader today? What are the the issues that are maybe keeping you up at night or maybe are top of your agenda? Obviously, we're in a very dynamic environment these days, and things are changing very quickly. But what are some of the issues that are really at the forefront for you right now? 
So some of the things that, that we've, we've seen a, a, a huge growth on was, um, was the risk management, a, a whole push and the framework towards enterprise security risk management, which um, I'm a huge promoter on as far as uh, ASI standard and so forth, and something that I really um, took on uh, to implement at the city of Mississauga. But in the same time, you know, when we look at challenges or opportunities for uh, for the industry, so one of which is uh, for for me, um, in a large organization, there is um, a huge um, arsenal of of systems that you have for you know many years, and it's not while the technology is great and it's new and it's we have all this AI and, and all this stuff, which is amazing, and I love going to, to the shows and, and you know, play around with the different cameras and figuring uh, you know, what's best. In the same time, it's not as simple to change an infrastructure that, that an organization has had for 20-odd you know, years. And so it takes a lot of planning, it takes a lot of thinking, it takes a lot of forethought about where would we be in 10 years and what technology to invest in. So that's a, I, I think it's a challenge that many leaders face, uh, especially when it comes to, again, large organizations that have invested in a lot of um, systems over the years. And again, it's not as simple from a capital planning, from a, a project planning, from a you know from many different perspectives to make that transition right away. So that's we, we're going to see that challenge over the next couple of years. Um, you know, I used to make this this statement all the time. You know, we still burn CDs for you know videos on CDs. I mean, it, it, you know, and, and it's mind-boggling. Uh, but it's not as simple as it seems when you, when you have um, again large large investments in uh, in technology and uh, and ripping the you know the old technology and install new. Um, <coughs> and the second challenge is we we're seeing different threats. Um, we're seeing different uh, events, different types. And I think um, with that, and I mentioned enterprise security risk manager having a very strong. Uh, process and a way to identify risks and also manage them. I think um, it's uh, it's it's a great opportunity for uh, for many of us to to embrace as we're continuing to grow, and so is uh, so are the threats. And I think uh, we need to. Uh, I think this is going to be one of the threats that's going to continue um, as far as how threat management, crisis management, how do we respond to things, how agile or nimble are we to respond to, to a security incident, whether cyber or physical, whatever that, that the type is, and to, to get to the level where the organization as a whole can respond to it. So it's not just, you know, security will do this. I think we're going to see a trend that is going to be a lot more um, engagement between different sectors and different uh, different uh, organizations, so less silos, so a lot more efficient to work together and, and respond together. So I've seen those trends. I think it's going to continue, and uh, I I think uh, we're 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 we've, we have made a lot of changes over the years um, in working better with law enforcement agencies, with the private sectors, creating networks, and really being able to create those those agile net networks that. that really gives us more resiliency. Really, it's about res resiliency that we're talking about. Um, so that's going to continue to be a huge trend. One of the challenges that uh, we're also facing and, and talking to other leaders is, as the industry is growing, uh, we, we are in a flux right now where there aren't enough people. 
police forces are hiring, <laughs> organizations are hired, private companies are hiring, everyone is hiring. Um, and it's great to have to have been at the uh, the career uh, fest, uh, one wonderful event, by the way. And it was great to see all the students and uh, there. And and uh, as a mentor, I've had a lot of really great conversations about career paths and choices and so forth. Um, but the reality is, is that there aren't enough uh, enough people, and and so we're struggling with turn turnover rates. So you'd have. You know, student getting into a security field, uh, probably on on the path to becoming a police officer. Uh, they're going to spend a little bit of time, you know, in the different companies or different organizations on their way there. But uh, you know, we we're we're all facing that, and and I'm not sure that I have the right answer. Uh, it may be a good topic to <laughs> to discuss, uh, but uh, it's right. something that uh, uh, in speaking to my colleagues uh, across the. Uh, across the globe, uh, it's uh, it is a struggle, and I think we're going to see that uh, a little bit more. So I wouldn't be surprised that there's going to be, um, you know, a bit of a shift onto how we approach that, how we approach manpower, and how we approach this issue of uh, of turnover, and and how do we, uh, you know, we might have to rethink what that means. Good. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. So I'd like to thank Sylvia Fraser for being our first guest on our first podcast. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity to talk about the issues that are affecting the industry today. You and I will be in touch over, over time, uh, and I look forward to continuing this discussion. Great. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us for the first installment of the Security Leaders Podcast. As we mentioned, Sylvia will be the host of our second podcast series focused on women in security. So please tune in again to hear the next Security Leaders Podcast, as well as a brand new podcast hosted by Sylvia coming very soon. I'm Neil Sutton. Thanks for listening. Thank you.